Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. This Major League Baseball episode covers every game scheduled to be played on Tuesday, September 27th, 2022. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability using hitter and pitcher projections I've created in order to make one money line or run line pick on every game that's played seven days a week that there are no Sunday shows. Please note that these probabilities are assuming normal starting lineups and current rosters at the time I started recording. What will be shown are the banners on the screen with the thresholds for A or B grade play so that you can make the best decisions possible based on the current odds in the books you do business with. The goals for this episode are to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why certain plays are being made in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. So I'm always saying, take what you like and leave the rest. And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans, that is A, B, and C grades. Dedicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember the good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say we'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality uh, for any gambler. Starting off looking like a good Monday. I'm recording at this time. It's not set yet, um, but things looking positive, at least for Monday. It'd be nice to start off the week, obviously, with a short slate. A lot of games here on this Tuesday. A lot of B-grade plays for you here coming in this episode. And just a reminder, what I'm always talking about here, the prices get a little bit better. That jumps to an A-grade. And remember, the difference between an A-grade and the B-grade is just maybe like one percentage point, two percentage points. It's all about that long-term value. The B-grade plays are plays that I still think are strong plays. They're just not quite as strong as the A-grade plays. So the other thing to consider, if you see my B-grade plays, maybe look at about half of them. Take the half that you definitely agree with. Those might be the subset that I would play. The other half that you agree less with, maybe those are the ones that you don't play. So it's kind of a way to handle this. A lot of B-grade plays today. A lot of totals I like, so a lot of good information. Hopefully you can pick out the pieces that you really like and back those. And hopefully that subset is a winner for you. But before we get to the game, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you are yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free, and if you turn on notifications and you won't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides, also, check out Horse Racing Today if you like to play the ponies. You can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They've got a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. There's an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Check out their YouTube shows or website. The links are in the description. And lastly, as a reminder, you started up a Patreon page for those of you looking to support the show. Membership starts at just $3 per month. Benefits get you things like the play of the day access to our Discord chat group, and free and early access to the shows and early access to projected spreads. So we'll get right to it here. No day games on this Tuesday, unfortunately. 610 Eastern, a little bit of an earlier start at least. Uh, Rays and the Guardians. It'll be a chilly one in Cleveland, upper 50s for most of this one, with a chance of rain in the 25 to 50% coverage mark. So a game that might have some rain issues, might have some delays. I'm going to keep in mind if you're a DFS player or just regular fantasy, if you're still around in a championship game, uh, keep that in mind. Winds be blowing probably in from left field, maybe a little bit across, but they're going to be strong. They're going to be in the 15 mile an hour range. So this one could get cold, wet, and nasty. It's a game that if it didn't have playoff implications, I could see them just saying, we don't want to mess with playing this whatsoever. And they still may decide that and just go with a doubleheader 
uh, later on in the week. But this is going to be some particularly nasty weather. So just something to keep in mind here. It's going to really benefit the pitchers here, Corey Kluber and Shane Bieber. Kluber, very average. It's a 96 grade from the model. 430 ERA. Now, the underlying metrics do say it should be in the upper threes. Shane Bieber, on the other hand, of course, we know is really good. 281 ERA. And the advanced metrics say that's pretty solid. It's a 77 rating. And a guy that's solidly in that third tier of starting pitchers getting DeGrom tier one by himself and tier two. Tier two is a lot of those, the Verlanders, the Otanis, uh, those type pitchers. Bieber right behind there, chomping at the bit to get in that group. Having a fantastic season, a really solid pitcher. Uh, and again, these guys are going to be really aided by the weather. Both these sets of relievers are above average. Both of these offenses, great out above average, but they're barely above average. If this game happens, if the rain holds off, but it's still chilly with the wind blowing in in these pitchers, I don't expect a lot of runs. You can see there on the screen, sideline says the total should be 6.1. So I'm recommending the under 7 at minus 105. I think this should be 6.5. Hanging around 7 is a gift for us. I think jump all over that. These offenses aren't good enough in these conditions to score a lot of runs. And I'm also going to back the Guardians at minus 145 with a B grade play. You can see on screen there that at minus 147, it's a B grade. At minus 136, it's an A grade. Right now, the price of minus 145 gets it to that B grade threshold, but we're still a dime short of an A grade threshold. As sideline says, the Guardians win this one 60% of the time, making minus 145 a profitable play for us. I just not favorable enough to back the underdog in this one. 635 Eastern first pitch Reds at the Pirates mid fifties for this one, a slight chance of rain 10 to 15%. So probably hopefully not going to affect this one. Once we blowing out, maybe across, maybe out to start out by the end of the game, but also dying down. So maybe a little bit of a boost to the bats at the start, but really dying down and it being in the mid fifties, the ball's really not going to fly. We would need stronger winds to really think it's going to fly out with how cold it is. Hunter Green and Mitch Keller, two slightly above average pitcher. Model says Green is a 95, Keller is a 99. Again, 100 is average, and the lower you go, the better you get. Green is a 491 ERA, but the advanced metrics say it should be in the low fours. Mitch Keller, a 399 ERA, and the advanced metrics say that's pretty accurate. So two pitchers that I think are pretty solid, reasonable to back. I'm going to recommend the under seven in this one as well. A sideline says it should be 6.6. The fear you have in this one, of course, is the bullpen's getting too involved. But this is just really cold weather. It's a situation where I don't expect the bats to really be hot. I think that seven, that push protection makes a lot of sense. It's not an under that I'd go under at six and a half. The race guardians when I would go under six and a half. But this one at six and a half is a straight pass. These bullpens are both just too scary, but these offenses are both well below average too. So I think seven is just too high for the weather conditions in this one. So I'm going to go under seven and I'm also going to back the pirates at minus 112. Sideline says it should be minus 115. So you can see that price of minus 112 just eats into B grade territory. Close to even money on the pirates would be an A grade. For the Reds, I would need prices in the plus 120s or plus 130s to get excited. And the price right now I'm seeing close to even money just is not, um, exciting enough to back the road team in Pittsburgh. <clears throat> 640 Eastern start time. 
Royals at the Tigers. Another chilly one. You have a lot of chilly weather. It's where you have a lot of low totals here. Mid-50s for this one. Slight chance of rain, but kind of like we saw in Pittsburgh, probably not going to affect things. Winds will be blowing out in this one in the 10 to 15 mile an hour range. So a little bit more help with the wind blowing out, but still very chilly temperatures. Sideline says 6.9 on this one. So a little bit more runs than expected in Pittsburgh. But the total is 8. So I'm going to recommend going under 8 as well. This is a total I'd go under 7.5 as well. I think the total should be seven. Bullpen's a little bit of a concern here. Tigers bullpen fading down the stretch. Royals relievers, though, kind of holding consistently mediocre. You know, not good at all, but they've occasionally done okay. Um, they, they haven't been Pirates level bad, at least, or Diamondbacks level bad uh, for the season. Two very average pitchers in Zach Grinke and Joey Wentz. Um, Wentz does have an ERA at 313, but the underlying metrics say that's a little bit of a mirage. Grinky at 421 ERA. The metrics say that's pretty spot on. So just two average pitchers, two bullpens that are, eh, you know, not great. But the biggest thing here, mid 50 degree temperatures and two really below average offenses. The Royals offense has done okay, but they project worse against the lefty as they're a little bit left-handed heavy. They've also been a team that's done more damage at home scoring runs than on the road. This Tigers offense, as we know, has been bad all season. So I like the under in this one. Again, sidelines has 6.9, so I'm going to go under 8. And then I'm also going to uh, back the Tigers, minus 106. Sideline says it should be Tigers, minus 110. As you can see on screen, they're minus 106. Just ekes into the B-grade territory for us there. If I could get plus odds, that would be an A-grade play on the Tigers. Again, I think I don't think much of wins. I don't think much of Greg. I think both are just very average pitchers. Um, but again, the key here, Royals against a lefty project to be not that much better than a very bad Tigers offense in general. So I think that being a wash, I still think these Tigers relievers are a little better at home. I think a price like minus 106 is a pretty solid price to back the Tigers. So be great pick for me there, the price that we're seeing. And again, I like the under as well in this one. <clears throat> 705 Eastern start time Braves hit the Nats. Got a pretty easy winner with the Braves here on Monday. Got the run line, got the under as well. No line out for this one as of yet. Right now we're projecting Kyle Muller and Paolo Espino. Espino's a guy that if you've been following any time, the model does not really like him whatsoever. 417 ERA on the season. Underlying metrics say it should be a tad higher. He projects worse than that. Doesn't project to give you a, a lot of length as well. He's been pretty hit or miss. He's had a couple times where he's gone deeper, but he's had a couple times where he's only gone three innings or something like that. So not a guy that the model really trusts. Obviously, the Braves offense is a lot better and the Braves relievers are a lot better. Kyle Muller, a guy that model's just going to treat this as a bullpen game, doesn't really expect him to go deep. If he does go deep, it's because he's pitching well. And if not, the model's basically just kind of assuming that he's not going to be that far behind the rest of the Braves relievers and or the relievers just have a, a lot of work in this game. So treating it kind of as a mostly bullpen-ish game here for the Braves. Sideline says it should be Braves minus 195. So you can see on screen there, basically anything that's minus 190 or better would be a B-grade pick on the Braves. Minus 175 or better would be an A-grade pick. And for the Nats, I need at least plus 200. And then the plus 220 range would be an A-grade pick. Sideline says 8.6 for the total. So very similar to what we saw here on Monday. I'd be going over eight and I'd be going under nine. So we'll make an official pick on that once we have a line out in that one. 707 Eastern first pitch Yankees at the Blue Jays. Another game without a line at this moment. <clears throat> Projecting Jamison Talion versus 
Jose Barrios in a game that has a slight chance of rain and pretty chilly temperatures. So I'm projecting they're going to close the roof again on this one. Projecting a total of 9.8, a lot of runs expected. Given the fact that we have two fairly average pitchers, Barrios is not that exciting. And Talion has had some decent starts, but he hasn't been, I don't think he's good enough to shut down this really good Jays offense. I expect a lot of runs from both sides on this one. If I could go over a nine, that would be really exciting. Uh, because again, I just think that Tyon's the type of pitcher who's going to have success against the Pirates and the Tigers and those type of teams. And that doesn't mean he can't have success here in one game. It just means that in general, he's the type of pitcher that's good enough to do well against the mediocre offenses. But this Jays offense is really good. And so I expect more runs in this one than on Monday night. Again, projecting 9.8 runs. Tyon... Projects to be better than Barrios, gets a 93 grade versus Barrios 100 grade. Barrios just right at league average. has performed worse than that, but the underlying metrics say it's been very mad, but not maybe quite as terrible as the results have been. You know, like the Blue Jays' offense. It's Yankees' offense. Yankees' reliever starting to get a little bit healthier, projecting a little bit better. Should be a great game. Basically, the model says give the Blue Jays home field advantage and then walk away from that. It says 52.3%, so a little bit less than home field, but not by much. Sideline says Blue Jays minus 110. So if I could get plus odds of the Blue Jays, that would be an A-grade play. If I could get plus 120 of the Yankees, that would be an A-grade play. So again, we'll make an official pick on that one later. <clears throat> 720 Eastern, 710 Eastern first pitch, Marlins. At the Mets, this one will be mid-60s to start, mid-upper 60s to start, mid-60s to close. Winds will be blowing out to right center consistently at 10 miles an hour. So one where... We're seeing the winds blowing out and at least the temperature hanging around the 60s as opposed to the mid-50s. So a little bit more of a boost to the bats on this one. The issue is that you have a Marlins offense that's pretty terrible. You have Mets relievers that are really good. You've got two pitchers in Pablo Lopez and Carlos Carrasco that rate above average. I'm still only projecting a total of 6.3, mainly because a little bit chilly, but you also have a really pitcher-friendly ballpark at City Field, and you've just gotten enough good pitching in this one that a lot of runs shouldn't happen. We don't ever expect a lot of runs in these Marlins games anyway. So I'm going under 7 again here. As Sideline says it should be 6.3, so it's probably not one that is as fun to go under 6.5. That's probably a stay away. Uh, but under 7, having that push protection there, I think is a pretty reasonable investment. I'm going to back the Marlins at minus 202 with a B-grade pick, as you can see on the screen. Not quite good enough odds to get to an A-grade. That'd be the low minus 190s. But Sideline says this should be minus 216, so minus 202 is a pretty reasonable investment on the Mets. I don't want to get cute and go run line here. The odds are pretty steep. But in a game that the odds makers expect seven runs, I expect maybe closer to six. It's harder to win by one run. So the run line, the odds are at least better because of that, but it's just not something that I think is worth it. You can get a little more aggressive and play. Obviously the Mets could easily win this game, something like four to one, but I just think that money line is a safer play and the odds aren't too steep to scare me away. So I've got the Mets at minus two Oh two. It's a B grade pick. I've got Pablo Lopez a little bit better than Carlos Carrasco, but their ERA is the ERAs are, are pretty similar. The underlying metrics pretty similar. Uh, two pretty good pitchers. It's just that once you get past the starting pitchers, the Mets are home and have edges overall. So I think they're the side to back here. Not good enough odds to give it an A grade. A lot of these favorites are priced where they're okay to back, but they're just not as exciting of plays um, as we would hope for them to be to get to an A grade. So I like the Mets. I think it's a reasonable investment, but not an A grade unless it gets down about a dime cheaper than it is right now. 710 Eastern start time Orioles at the Red Sox. 
mid 60s in this one winds will be blowing out five to ten miles an hour Kyle Bradish and Michael Waka, two pitchers that are fairly average. Waka projects a little bit better. Having a really good season, talked about him, I feel like every time that he comes around, just that, that 270 ERA is a little bit of a mirage, probably not quite that good as the advanced metrics say it should be more in the upper threes. Bradish is the other way around, 465 ERA in the advanced metrics say it should be around four. So project Waka is a little bit better, but it's not by nearly as much as you might think based off of just the ERAs. Obviously, the Orioles' relievers are better, but the Red Sox offense is better. Games in Boston. I'm going to back the Red Sox here at minus 125. Sidelines, it should be 126. But as you can see on screen there, it's just not good enough odds to really like the Red Sox in this spot. If this is around minus 120, that's more of a B-grade play. Minus 115 into the minus 110s, that's A-grade territory for the Red Sox. But at minus 125, it's just not good enough. And the Orioles at plus 115, just not high enough to get excited about backing the road team in this one. Total in this game is nine. Sideline projects exactly nine. So not a total worth messing with, in my opinion. 740 Eastern. First pitch, Cardinals at the Brewers. I'm projecting the roof to be closed. And this one is a, projects to be a pretty chilly night in Milwaukee. 50-degree temperatures, so closed roof will help, at least in the sense that we won't have uh, really cold air killing the ball um, in, in in Milwaukee there. Miles Michaelis versus Adrian Hauser. Michaelis is a pitcher who's been not as good as that ERA all season long, kind of come back to earth here recently, but I still think he's a whole lot better than Adrian Hauser's model projects. Hauser gives him a 105 grade. Michaelis gives a 91 grade. That's about a full standard deviation apart from each other. Hauser's ERA is over a run higher and the advanced metrics say maybe not quite that much of a difference, but I really do think that Michaelis is a much better pitcher than Hauser. And there's really no other way to, to, to look at it, in my opinion, and if you look at any of the struggles that Michaelis has had over the second half of the year, I think it's more just in comparison to the first half of the year, when I said at the time that was smoke and mirrors and those results weren't quite really reflective of how good he's been pitching, whereas Hauser's been inconsistent all year. He can have some really good starts, but he can have some really terrible ones, too. <clears throat> When he gets to good Cardinals offense, I think it's more likely he has a terrible one than a good one. I'm all over the Cardinals in this one. Sideline says it should be Cardinals minus 123, so at even money, it's an A-grade play. Model says as long as it's minus 111 or better, it's an A-grade play on the Cardinals. So even money is just a, a massive gift, in my opinion, from the books. This Brewers team isn't bad. They're still fighting for a playoff spot, obviously. And the Cardinals, you know, don't have much to play for at this point, but I still think they're going to go out there and try to play hard. You know, maybe I'd be a little bit worried about this next week and this week, but I still think they're going to go out there and play. I think the Cardinals can get it done here. Uh, Michaelis obviously wants to have a good start. He only got two more left for the playoffs. I'm just not buying any narratives about the Brewers needing this. If we looked at just teams who need the game or whatever, that's not really a recipe for success. Cardinals are the better team here, better starting pitcher, you know, relievers not that far behind the Brewers and just a much better, much more consistent offense. I'll back the Cardinals here at even money with an A-grade play. Total in this one is eight. Sidelines is 8.6. So I'm going to take the over eight on this one as I think the Cardinals are going to score some runs off of Hauser. Michaelis hasn't pitched well enough, I think, to really shut down the Brewers. This feels kind of like a six to three, five to four type Cardinals win. I'll take them at even money. I think they should be favored. And like I said, I think there should be some runs in this one, so I'll grab that over eight as well. Phillies and Cubs, we get going at 740 Eastern. 
projecting a relatively cold night at Wrigley. No total yet on this one because the weather patterns there really do matter. So when I update this one about 12 hours from now, we'll have a little bit better of an idea. Right now when I'm recording, we're almost 24 hours from uh, first pitch. So that could really change the total in this one as Wrigley has the biggest effect due to wind. And right now the winds are supposed to be blowing across slash in from left field at 15 to 20 miles an hour. It's going to be really gusty and it's going to be in the mid to low fifties. We're talking about cold and windy. Now, if the wind is more across, it's not going to have as much of an effect on the bats, but if it's in, it's going to be impossible to get the ball out of the park when a cold windy day in Wrigley right now it's enough angled across in that it's still going to knock down balls and help the pitchers out right now which is why the sideline says 6.1 for the total on this one just not expecting a lot of runs though again if this wind shifts to being across that could change things a lot but near 20 mile an hour winds in Wrigley could really affect things, especially in such a chilly night. And two pretty good pitchers in Zach Wheeler and Marcus Stroman. Obviously, I like Wheeler more than Stroman. We thought Wheeler might have some a um, little bit concerned about him coming back his first start, not going as deep or whatever last time out. He looked like he was having no issues whatsoever. Should be able to, based off that last start, go out strong in this one. Phillies relievers are better. Phillies offense is better. I like the Phillies in this one at minus 161. Not quite good enough to get to an A grade play. Really close, as you can see there on the screen. We're looking for minus 158 or better. So this is one that by the time you see this, it might have moved. All it needs to move is about a nickel in its A-grade territory. So almost an A-grade play on the Phillies here. On this one, I think they're the side on the – to get the job done here in Chicago. Not a side that I really want run line on, though, just because of the fact that I don't expect very many runs. I think this is very possible, a Phillies one-run win or two-run win. And so I, I just want to play the money line. Should be a tight, low-scoring game, but I don't see the Cubs doing much against Zach Wheeler. And again, an above average to the Phillies relievers uh, coming behind him. Talked about if Syndergaard is still piggybacking him like he did last time, he becomes more effective if they're only asking him to go through the lineup one time. This sets up to be all Phillies in a cold, low-scoring game. So I'm going to back them at minus 161 right now with a B-grade pick. White Sox and Twins, 740 Eastern. Twins team that... Just continues to struggle really in the month of September. It'll be chilly in Minnesota, mid 50s to start and around 50 degrees to close. Winds will be blowing in or across right now, giving the pitchers a little bit of help in the five to 10 mile an hour range. So winds that aren't nothing, not quite what we've ever seen in Wrigley, but a little bit of a of a breeze in here. And again, in a very chilly night. Uh, total in this game is seven, but sideline says 6.8. So it's not an under seven that I'm comfortable playing. Whereas I was comfortable playing a lot of other under sevens. The main reason here is that this twins offense still is decent. Even without Buxton, they should be scoring runs. The total went well over on Sunday and I like that over. So either you expect the Twins to score runs or you expect them to give up some runs because you don't know if they care. I just can't play an under in a Twins game. It's just not the right setup, in my opinion, given that offense. But I sure as heck would not play over 
with with low 50 degree temperatures for the majority of this game and it went blowing in uh, Lance Lynn for the White Sox 402 ERA guy I've been preaching for a while now has really figured it out after a really rocky start underlying metrics his ERA should be in the mid threes gets an 86 grade and just trending in the right direction he's mostly looked pretty good the last month or two Bailey Ober for the Twins has thrown nine times this season 371 ERA and the underlying metrics indicate that's pretty accurate so gets an average grade from the model maybe a little bit of upside here with him if you really think that both these pitchers can shut down these two offenses, under isn't a crazy look. Again, it's just this Twins offense should be better than it's performed as of late. So that's why it's a pass for me on the total. But they haven't really done it. So if you wanted to play under, like I said, I don't think that's the worst look. Uh, instead, I'm going to grab the Twins. I'm going to grab them on the run line at minus 165. It's a B-grade play for me there. Again, you even if I'm not playing the under seven, that's still a relatively low total. So I think it's a 6.8. So I expect not very many runs. I think the twins can hang in there in this game, but they've lost a lot lately. I expect them to probably lose this one by one as well. The problem with backing the White Sox is minus 116 is just too steep of a price in my opinion. So I think I'd rather be on the twins, but on the run line, because I'm just not sure they can pull it off with what I've seen from them this month. But I do have faith that they can lose by one in a really cold uh, on a really cold night that should be lower scoring. So when back the Twins on the run line, it's a B-grade pick. Sideline says this is a coin toss game. I'm just not that excited about taking the Twins. Plus odds in the money line. And I just, I need plus odds to back the White Sox here on the road. A White Sox team that also hasn't looked great as of late. And at this point has really nothing to play for. So with both teams not really have much to play for, it's not a situation where I'm comfortable laying laying odds really in either one, but the run line situation is nice because it says if they win, we win, and if they lose by one, which is more likely in a lower scoring game, then we still win. 18 Eastern first pitch, Diamondbacks at the Astros. Zach Davies versus Lance McCullers Jr. Davies with a 403 ERA advanced metrics say it should be about a half run higher than that. McCullers a 238 ERA underline metrics. It should be a full run higher than that. Talked about McCullers a lot. Dodging in and out of traffic for the most part. Definitely, of course, got the potential to be an ace. Hasn't quite got there yet. Obviously, there's still hope for that. Uh, heading into the playoffs. Steinbeck's offense, is, as much as they've looked competent here the last month, is still below average. McCullers still a much better pitcher than Davies. McCullers gets an 88 grade. Davies gets a 107. So I'm, I'm, I'm confident backing McCullers. Like I said, you, you know he's got potential to be a little better than he's shown. But even the results he's had so far have still been very solid. And solid results should get it done against the Diamondbacks team that is, again, just an average offense. Diamondbacks relievers really struggling this year. Of course, the Astros offense is good. I mean, this should be all Astros. In a situation that the sideline says we should be backing the Astros, gives it a B grade. Simon says it should be Astros minus 228. You can see on screen the current price I'm seeing right now is Astros minus 210, which would be good enough for a B grade, not quite for an A grade. I'm going to back them on the run line, though. We talk about this a lot. Really, I only like run line for a home team laying the one and a half, knowing that if it's a tight game at the end, it's hard to win by more than one run as the home team if I think it can get ugly. And that's kind of how this one sets up. Astros should have no problem hitting off of Davies and off of bad Diamondback relievers. They should be able to score a lot of runs. McCullers ought to be able to hold the Diamondbacks down to just a couple runs. Has a good chance of getting ugly. So I'm going to back the Astros on the run line. Minus 105 is pretty good price here, in my opinion, given how big of a mismatch this is. It's a B-grade play for me on the Astros run line. 
Total is seven and a half. Sideline says eight. It's not a total market that I really want to be invested in. I think if you like the over, maybe just play the Astros team total over. If you like the under, I probably just play the Diamondbacks team total under. But I, it's just seven and a half is just not a good enough number for me. Sideline would say go over, but I'm just not convinced that the Diamondbacks don't get much on the board here. This could easily be something like Astros six to nothing. And I don't want to be going over seven and a half if the Diamondbacks are going to help us out any on this one. 938 Eastern first pitch A's at the Angels relatively warm. We've had a lot of cold weather talked about in this show, but we're going to have a warm one here in Anaheim mid eighties to start upper seventies to close winds will be blowing out above my five miles an hour to start dying down as the night goes along. But early on, this is very hitter friendly weather, especially for September and all the cold weather we're seeing around the country. James Caprillion versus Patrick Sandoval. This is a massive mismatch with regards to the starting pitcher here. Sandoval, a three Oh one ERA advanced metrics. say maybe it should be a tad higher, but a pretty good pitcher for the angels, angels Caprillion, a four forty three ERA. But the advanced metrics say it should be in the low fives. Not a pitcher that I like that much. Occasionally does seem to have a good start. But those start, good starts tend to happen in Oakland where it's a very pitcher-friendly ballpark, a lot of chilly nights. He's not going to have that help here in Anaheim. This Angels offense now is projecting to be a little bit above average. Reliever still fairly terrible. That's part of the reason I'm going over 7.5. I don't really know why the number's so low. Sideline says 8.9. I like there to be a lot of runs in this game. I think the Angels can put up some crooked numbers. I think Sandoval probably gives up a run or two just because of the heat ball carrying there. Might give up a solo shot or two. And or those Angels relievers, if they get involved, can give up a run or two. And this feels kind of like an Angels 7-2 to type win. I really debated on this one, run line or money line. I think it's a coin toss. It's right on the edge of which one I would go to. I decided to go money line on the Angels at minus 203. As you can see on the screen, 203. It's good enough for a B grade, not good enough for an A grade. They're the home team. So we talked about that with the Astros. I think it can get ugly, but the fact that the odds makers are giving this a total of 7.5, they don't think there's going to be a lot of runs here. And so I'm just going to err on the side of caution and take the money line. If the if they were giving this total like eight and a half, and who knows, by the time you watch this, especially depending on what time of day it is, right? If the actual total is up to eight and a half, which is probably a lot closer to where it should be, then maybe they've kind of finally realized what I have. Maybe then I would shift to run line. But I'm just kind of saying in case they're seeing something I'm not seeing, and it really is going to be a low-scoring game, I don't want to be like double-invested in runs happening. And that's kind of what it would be if I went Angels run line and the over. So I'm going to play it safe on the money line because I'm playing the over. If you're not playing the over, maybe you gamble a little more at the run line on the Angels. I think there'll be a lot of runs. Like I said, it's just kind of a – in case there's something happening here that I'm missing, um, maybe the money line is just a little bit of a safer bet. So minus 203, again, right at that cut point of money line run line. I'll take it on the money line of the B-grade pick. But again, if you want to split your bet, I don't think it's a crazy thing. Or just go run line, I don't think it's crazy. It's really just kind of a coin toss type decision on this one. 940 Eastern first pitch, Dodgers at the Padres. What we were all kind of hoping would be you know, a battle for the division here at the end. As it turned out, of course, the Dodgers have clinched everything. Padres still fighting for a playoff spot. Looking like they're in good shape, but not clinched yet. 
Weather will be really nice in San Diego. Upper 70s to start, low 70s to close. Winds will be blowing a little bit in, a little bit across, but mostly around 5 miles an hour, so not too much of a big deal there. Pair lefties in Tyler Anderson and Blake Snell. Anderson's a guy I talked about all season. I like him. 252 ERA. Underlying metrics say it should be a little bit higher than that, more in the mid threes, uh, but still a very solid pitcher. Uh, Blake Snell talked about a lot here. This most recent stretch he's gone through has been a pretty solid pitcher. 362 ERA. And the advanced metrics say it should actually be below three. So two good above average pitchers here. I give the Padres a little bit of an edge with Snell uh, over Anderson. Again, I like Anderson, but I like Snell more. Relievers, though, I trust the Dodgers relievers more offensively. Dodgers offense is still better. Both these offenses get a little bit of a ding facing lefties as they're both a little bit left-handed slash switch hitter heavy, uh, but they're both still good against lefties. I'm going to back the Dodgers on the run line at plus 135. It's just a C-grade pick. Right now, the odds aren't that exciting either way. Sideline says it should be Dodgers minus 120, as you can see on screen. That's not good enough to get to a B-grade pick. I'd be looking for minus 118. Really, minus 115 probably is a more comfortable B-grade play. Minus 110 is questionably an A. Minus 105 would definitely be an A-grade pick on the Dodgers. But I can't back the Padres here because, again, sideline saying it should be 120. I would need more like plus 125 you know, for a bigger pick on the Padres. Right now, the odds I'm seeing are plus 109, so there's nowhere near the value that we need on the Padres. But I do like this over 7.5. I think both these offenses are good enough to get some runs on the board. Sideline says 8.4. So I'm going to take the over 7.5 at even money. It's like a chance on the Dodgers' run line. I think they're the better team here. As much as I like Snell more than Anderson, it's only by a little bit. The Dodgers' edge with relievers and the offense is much larger than the edge the Padres have with Blake Snell. 940 Eastern first pitch Rangers. The Mariners are last game here without a line yet. We've got Jesus Tinoco on the mound for the Rangers. It'll be a bullpen game for them as he hasn't shown any length in the majors or the minors. So just plugging in a generic bullpen game for the Rangers, whose offense stacks up as relatively even with the Mariners, given the Mariners' injury issues at this point, that's where the comparisons end, though. The game being in Seattle gives the Mariners a boost. The relievers are light years better, despite what we saw on Sunday in that wild game against the Royals. And Robbie Ray, obviously going to be better than basically anybody that the Rangers throw out there in this one, right? 360 ERA, the underlying metrics, yeah, it's pretty accurate. It's an 85-grade rating, just tumultuous at the start, not as good as people thought. People were expecting a little bit more from him, and I was kind of fading him early, saying guys he's not this good and then once he kind of struggled then we started backing him where you're saying hey like he's not terrible either right the truth was somewhere in between and that's kind of where he settled into good pitcher not great but very solid pitcher i expect the mariners to win this one in a relatively low scoring game no line yet though and the play is just going to come down to price sideline says it should be mariners minus 210 so number that starts with a one is a good investment of the mariners that's what i'd be looking for in the minus 180s would be an A-grade play for me. And for the Rangers, I would need some really high odds. Who knows if we're going to get them. But if we're getting in the plus 220s, plus 230s, plus 240s, that's where a Rangers play, I think, kind of makes sense. So, again, it all just depends on the price, what sort of value we can get, determining the best play for this one. I'll update Twitter in the sheet with an official pick later. Sideline says 7.4. So if we can get 7, I'd be going over and saying that, while I do think that's a pitcher from the ballpark and race a solid pitch and the Mariners relievers are good, there's enough offense in this game and enough bad Rangers pitching that we can get to seven and maybe over. And if it's eight, I'd go under eight, kind of saying 
the offenses aren't good enough necessarily. I think we can stay at eight or below. I think seven or eight makes a lot of sense in this one. So a total of 7.5 would be what I'd make it. And if that's to stay away, otherwise, I think we got a shot at, in, at profiting off this total. As again, I think seven or eight runs is a fairly likely outcome for this game. Last one here on the docket today, 945 Eastern Rockies at the Giants will be around 60 degrees for this game uh, in San Francisco. Kind of talk about these chilly conditions around the country. This is normal for San Francisco, right? You know, these mid-50s or whatever temperatures we haven't seen in some of these places since April and May. But this is what we see just about every night, it seems like, here in the Bay Area. Winds will be blowing out, but in a ballpark that's built to minimize it, not really going to be much. And they'll be under 10 miles an hour. So no real wind effect here. Just a chilly night in San Francisco like we usually see. Herman Marquez and Logan Webb, two solid pitchers. Webb, obviously, a lot better than Marquez. Marquez, having an up-and-down season, has had some good starts. 5.15 ERA on the whole, though. Part of that's inflated because of course. Part of it is he just hasn't had quite as good of a season as he's, as he's had in the last couple of years. Logan Webb quietly putting together another brilliant season, 2.93 ERA, and the advanced metrics say it should be in the low three. So uh, just uh, Webb and Ray, very similar pitchers, you know. Not great. You know, not really worthy of being in the Cy Young conversation, but just having solid seasons here, you know, get it done uh, for their teams. Both sets of relievers are pretty terrible. Rockies offense on the road, I don't trust whatsoever. This Giants offense is pretty respectable. Uh, Sideline says it should be Giants minus 185. Gives them a pretty big edge. You can see on screen they're minus 184. Be a B grade pick, minus 169, an A grade pick. I was able to lock in minus 175. So it's a B grade pick on the Rockies. Yet another situation, I talked about this at the top, and I want to recap it here. A lot of plays where you're seeing, you're seeing right here those numbers on screen, and you're seeing the price fall right in between the A and the B, and those are the types of plays that I said I'm, I'm putting them all as B-grade plays, and this is where hopefully you've got – you're agreeing with something I'm saying, you're disagreeing with something I'm saying, and you're able to take half those B picks and say, yeah, those are the ones that I really like, and these other half, maybe those are the ones that I don't like as much. And there's a lot of good – profitable plays in here with a lot of a lot of small edges, a lot of decent edges, you know, not as many huge edges on today's slate, but a lot of really profitable opportunities with some value on the board for now. But of course, you never know what the price is going to move. By the time you watch this, several of these B-grade picks at the price is kind of right here in between the A and the B might have come here on this other side of it and not be actually valuable for either side. So don't chase a bad number. Always be trying to grab a good number, shop around. In this case, again, minus 175, I think the Giants are worth a play. But if it was up to minus 190, I don't really think it'd be backing either side. It'd be a stay away for me. Uh, Sideline says 6.8 in this game. Total is 7. I think it's a well-priced 7. Going under several 7s today, but this isn't one of them. Two good pitchers, but this Giants offense is pretty solid, and these relievers can give up runs. So uh, given that the Giants stadium's more hitter-friendly this year with the changes they made to that park, I think it's a well-priced 7 and one that I am not messing with. And that's all I have for you right now. Only one A-grade play, again, as of this moment. But again, as prices move, that may change. That's why I put those numbers in the banner so that you can see. Maybe there's some A-grade plays for you at the places you're shopping around by the time you watch this. Hopefully, you can get some good numbers, get some good uh, value on your picks. Again, even though we're towards the end of the season, that doesn't mean we're not still looking for value today, just like we were back in April. Going to continue to have the strong strong methodology that we had all season long to finish out what's hopefully been a profitable MLB season for you. That's all I've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Check out the website if you haven't yet. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I'll see you again tomorrow for more MLB betting content. Already get that college football 
week five, episode one up. And we'll have two more episodes for you later in the week, so make sure to check that out as well. As always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.